The episode you are about to hear contains explicit words. The opinions within are those of the hosts and in no way imply that anyone listening to this podcast agrees with anything we say. Please send complaints to thisflippinpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, the most disorganized pinball podcast out there. This flipping podcast. This is episode 117. That's amazing. Uh, we last recorded on January 7th, so we gave you a nice two-month break from hearing us. But to be fair, you got three episodes in December and January, so that was a lot to deal with us. Uh, I am Tommy Skinner, uh, one of your hosts here. I'm joined by Taylor Reese. Hey. We've been doing this forever. We are old, old grouchy men. This uh, Taylor's super old. You turned fifty, didn't you? I, I turned fifty. He turned 50. fifty. I am still thirty-six, but I got married since we last recorded. Um, so we have had some life changes. You're half a century old. Holy shit, man. Um, I feel like you were, you were almost around when the last world war broke out. How's it compared to the new one? Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh man, I don't know how I feel about world war three. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause we're going to see like so much of it live compared to past world wars, but you know, yeah, I, it is what it is. It, yeah, it is what it is. I, I think that, um, it's not great. Um, the world's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's uh, not. <laughs> I think it. I think it's really tough because, like you know, pinball is just such a like ridiculous, exp- like thing to be involved in when the world is crumbling around you. And I certainly, it certainly got me through COVID. Um, but it's still like one of those things where it's like it's. I really like pinball. Like I have a really good time playing it, but then I, I'm like, I, I don't know what that's called when you're like, I shouldn't be that happy because there's countries that are being bombed off the planet. You know, like it's, it's tough to like get real celebratory. I don't know. I go down, I go down a uh... dark spiraling, (laughs) I don't know. I I understand everything you're saying. Yeah. And I am just trying to uh do my best to stay positive Good. and happy. Good. Uh because the reality is like maybe it's part of my history degree. Um and the fact that I'm very much like a realist, but like the world has sucked forever. Like this isn't new. Yeah. The world's always been sucking. So like we try to find things that don't suck that bring us some joy in life so we can enjoy our short time on this planet. Yeah. And pinball is definitely one of those things for me. 
And uh, I've absolutely been enjoying some pinball. I, I came up, I'm uh, we're recording, I'm up in Michigan. Uh, we're doing a night episode. We haven't actually done one of these in a while. It's 10 p.m. as we start to record here. It's, and it's uh, late. I came up to pick up. Yeah, Taylor looks very <laughs> sleepy right now. I won't even lie. He might fall asleep during this. But I picked up a couple play fields from Ron Cruzman. Oh, nice. And then him and I went and checked out One Well Brewing in Kalamazoo, Michigan. If you are near One Well Brewing, I strongly recommend you check it out. They went, uh, that's where I've played in a couple summer leagues the last few years when I've been living up here mostly. Um, they've expanded from 10 pinball machines to roughly 50 as they bought out the building next to them. Wow, nice. And they added several arcades, 50 pinball machines, and like top notch, really good shape, good stuff. Uh, so we went over there to check that stuff out because Ron hasn't played a lot of the newer stuff and he absolutely fell in love with Godzilla. Uh, so I lost Ron for three hours to Godzilla, <laughs> nice. which makes complete sense. And I played a little bit of Legends of Valhalla because that's not one I get to see often. And a uh, little Dirty Harry. I hadn't played Dirty Harry in a long time because you don't see that one too often either. So they have a really cool selection. And in doing that, I didn't think about uh, global wars going on or gas prices until I stopped to get gas on the way home. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I got to sell a pin to fill up my tank now. Uh, you know, all those things. I just enjoyed the moment for what it was. I played some pinball. I got to see a friend I hadn't seen in like six months. And then I got to come home tonight and record a podcast with my buddy Taylor. And we get to talk a little bit about pinball and I'll try to cheer him up so he doesn't go all, all, uh, <laughs> off the deep end on us. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I try, yeah. I, I really try not to be like super negative. I just, I dwell on stuff. I think I've always done that. And I think especially, like it just seemed, uh, you know, like I mean, with the 24 hour news cycle, there's always bad news, right? Because good news is like, psh, it's, it's, it just, it doesn't, sell, it doesn't man. sell. Yeah. So it's, it's bad news. And I just, I go down, I go down that rabbit hole. Um, I go down that rabbit hole. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. And I don't know. So yeah. This is, Going to sound kind of silly, and I don't have any proof that this is actually helpful at all whatsoever, but I fully understand what you're saying about the news cycle and its negativity. And like a couple months ago, I had a night where I couldn't sleep, and I like actively sought out positive news websites and Instagrams and just started following a bunch of them. So like one of them is Delightful News on Instagram, and they just post positive like heartwarming stories. Uh, and uh, I also followed several uh dachshund Instagrams that just post <laughs> cute videos of dachshunds. And not that that doesn't mean like those other things aren't happening, but if I don't see all of the terrible shit that's nonstop happening in our world, I kind of feel a little better. And especially when I see like a lot of delightful news stories are about like people with special needs doing or accomplishing something yeah. special, or like people helping their neighbors or the elderly. And it reminds me that like uh by and large the world's like there's a lot of good in the world. The news just doesn't make money on it, so they don't tell you about it. So try that, maybe. I I will absolutely try that. Yeah, I went I went through like I went through a period, um, you know, like during COVID, it was like all about data stuff. Like I would just look up. I mean, it was just like I, I don't know. I don't know why I did that, but and then I got to a point, and then I got to a point where I was doing better, and then Omicron or Omicron or whatever, when that hit, like I was just like I like deep dive like i had i had a I th- it may sound like a waterfall wait it's just a sl- it's just it oh really oh it's just a slight trickle yeah. somebody's running a sink upstairs um 
but yeah, then when when Omicron hit, like I got I got depressed. I mean, like I had a bad time. Um so I'm trying to get out. I mean, I am trying to get out of it. Like I'm trying to like disconnect a little bit from that stuff. I mean, it's like, you know, it's I ha- you know, I have kids and so I I'm enjoying cuz they're especially I mean, now it's like the weather's changing here so like we can get out more. Um my daughter's uh made the lacrosse team oh, which cool. is awesome. Yeah, JV lacrosse team and she became a co-captain today. So stuff like that is good. Um, I actually played pinball with real people recently, which was really nice, like in person. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to like, you know, I'm trying to like snap out of it. So I will, I will look up some uh, cute dog Instagrams and yeah, it's tough because I try, I, I really try not to be like, I'm trying not to be a negative person, even like with pinball and stuff. It's like when stuff comes out, like, I feel like it's always about, um, like being, I feel, I, and I don't know if this is from doing a podcast or it's just what I do is like I'm overly critical about stuff and I don't like doing that. You know, it's, um, but I don't know why I do it, but I try to like when I notice that I'm doing it, like I try to back off because I mean, one of the things I love about pinball is there's so many different machines. Like everybody, everybody oh, yeah. can like whatever they like. Like if you don't like, you know, if you like stop and go, you love Twilight Zone. If you don't like stop and go, you might hate Twilight Zone, but there's other games you can love. You know, it's like, so as an individual, I mean, certainly like I'm going to have an opinion about something, but I like try not to be negative about everything. You know, I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> no, I get it. It makes sense. Being negative doesn't help things. I, I get it, man. Uh, I, I'm, I've been on the opposite as I have. So it sounds terrible. Obviously I switched jobs in December. We talked about that. And as part of my job, I now work from home. Yeah. Um, But I'm actually a lot busier than I was at my school as ironic as that sounds. Um, So I don't have as much time to like, when I was at school, I would frequently read Pinside or the news in general. And I'd see all those things. Sounds terrible, but I've been so busy with my job during the day of just like, helping individual kids and grading things and having meetings, et cetera, that I kind of quit reading the news. And like, yes, I'm still aware of what's going on because I have social media, Yeah. but like I felt a lot better not reading it. And to, I mean, to be honest, like I also recently got married to the girl I love. I have like this cute little, like, yeah, like a lot of things have been going really well. Like we had another ultrasound last week. Everything's nice. still looking healthy. Nice. Um, so that's been good stuff. I, I actually found a cheap pinball machine and got it fixed and working. So that's, you know, that's like a borderline miracle nowadays. Um, so there, there's a lot of good things. But yeah, uh, I, without a doubt, that's partially me ignoring the terrible tragedies of the world. Um, I also can't do a lot to t- change those terrible tragedies. So like, you know, the whole uh, recognizing what you can change and what you can't and knowing the difference sort of thing. I think that's helping me out too. Uh, I've been helping coach some kids in wrestling, doing some private lessons and stuff. That's been real fun seeing those kids have some some success and uh, just trying to stay busy and stay happy, man. I, I'm I'm in a good place right now. You look you look, you're making me sad, man. I'm, I am I am trying. I'm not. I'm honestly like I'm not. I'm I'm in a not so bad place right now. Um, but I definitely had like a rough. I had like a rough month. 
I had like a really rough month. I mean, outside like the whole pandemic thing, that was kind of annoying, but um, I had a rough month where I was pretty down. And that's where, um, yeah, I'm doing better. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I, I just need to be out in the world again. Mm. And I still try to avoid the world. That helps my happiness. Yeah. Too. Well, I mean, I'm up at you the know. lake, and I don't have to see people. It's awesome. But you, but you're uh, you, you're so social. I mean, because you have a job and you do league and stuff like that. Yeah, you, I I have to see people. Yeah, uh, that's my thing. So I enjoy. See, like, I don't. In, in your free time, you are wanting to see people because you don't see yeah. people. Whereas, like, my job involves me doing nothing but communicating with yeah. people. So, like, if I have the opportunity, I love being away and alone. And like Alyssa had to stay home because she had to work, and I was like, "Well, shucks, I'm gonna go to the lake for two days because I can work remote now." And um, I'm loving it. Yeah. It's been so nice. It's just me and one dog, and like she's just laying in her bed right now. Uh, and it's been great. Nice. Like if I didn't have to go pick up those play fields today, I would have not left this house at all. Uh, but I did, so I went and got those, and that's exciting. More restoration projects for me to add to my queue of stuff that I'll never <laughs> get done. And uh, good times. All right. Uh, so let's, let's talk pinball enough about, enough about let's me, enough about my depression and we'll move on to <laughs> happier things. Um, yeah. What do you want to talk about, man? What have you, what have you been up to? Uh, well, so I've, uh, wrestling season ended one month ago. I've been really busy since then. Um, obviously North end pub, my location, uh, this month is our fifth anniversary of putting games there. Wow. We started with just fishtails, uh, within a couple months we added Baywatch and Congo, and right now, I would have to like literally read a list to tell you all the stuff we have down there. I think we're up to 25 games. Um, Are they all yours? The last two. No, okay. my friend Mark has several okay. games there, and him and I have purchased a few games together as well. I think, I think like 18 are mine, and maybe five are his, and we've bought two or three together, something like wow. that. Um, but uh, in the last two weeks, we've added Alien from Pinball Brothers. My game finally arrived. Um, that was a bit of a debacle in the communications department as far as dealing with ordering through Cointaker. Um, Can't not uh, recommend that process. That sucked. Uh, the game itself, though, is freaking awesome. I'm loving it. Uh, I've been following the thread on Pinside for months. There are absolutely some owners who have bought alien machines that have had some problems. Mine so far, two weeks on location, has been rock solid. Uh, it's been the top earner. I haven't really had any issues. And um, not only that, like, I'm loving it. Like, it's the first game in a while that's made me go down there and just play pinball. Like, I usually go, like, play a new game because it's the new game and see what's in it uh, to kind of learn it or to make sure, like, if I fix something, I go down and make sure everything's working right with Alien, like, I have just wanted to go and play because I am finding it very fun. Uh, very challenging, but very fun. Now, is the code, is the game and the code the same as it was when it was first, when it first came out? Yeah, I'd say the code, is, the code has been a little bit fine-tuned, bug fixes, etc. cetera. Uh, the physical layout is mildly different. Okay. They added a second magnet which is located just above the upper flipper, which helps stage your upper flipper shot to the, like, I guess it would be the center ramp technically or upper ramp. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Um, that was on the original version, a virtual ball lock for your hypersleep multi-ball. 
that is now a physical lock. Um, and then the scoop that starts your modes, the airlock scoop, they added a rear entrance into that scoop. So you can shoot a loop and then a up post pops up and hits the ball and it makes it go backwards into the scoop, which would also start your modes. Um, those are the main, main physical differences. And the, the, the play field on the original version had a display in it yeah. that has been removed and instead has inserts. Um, that display on the play field was just a clone display of what was in the back box. It was cool uh, because you didn't have to look up all the time to see what was going on. But you play Stern games and JJP games without a display in the play field, and you do just fine. Yeah. I guess pinball players were pretty well programmed to look up. So it's really not a big deal. Um, I don't miss it at all. On top of that, it was really a bitch to level on the original game. I know because I had one. And it would then obviously cause the ball to hop, much like a window and creature or mm -hmm. combo or black hole, etc. So um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It was our top earner for the last two weeks. Um, people at league seem to be liking it. The build quality seems really nice. It feels uh, significantly sturdier than a stern cabinet does. Uh, but again, I was told my game was going to be ready in two weeks in October and I had to pay for it which I was cool because I was like, sweet, I'm getting my game. And then I just got my game like March 2nd or 3rd, um, which was uh, not the same as October, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and so and so, so what was the what was the holdup? Uh, like, again, we are living during strange times. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Um, but I was told I'd have my game in two weeks. And then I was told my game is stuck on the ship and they're still like having trouble getting people to unload the ships at the ports could have been a real thing i was then told it was unloaded at the ports but now they couldn't get them onto trucks i was eventually told oh they're on the trucks but they've had weather delays yada 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 like excuse after excuse after excuse and then like i got my game and it was built in december which means it probably wasn't in the united states in october when i was told it was uh seeing how they're being built in italy what? and it has to travel here on a ship so i was just kind of annoyed by that whole thing huh. um it's just very poor communication. That seems think, like it, more so than anything. Yeah, that seems, yeah, sketchy, <laughs> sketchy as fuck. What? Yeah, those are some of the terms I would have used. Uh, so that part was very frustrating. The game has arrived. I I have not had to try to think. What did I have to do? Oh, wow. I had to tighten my left flipper, um, it, like it slightly drooped after about a week, and I. Uh, readjusted it and tightened it uses standard valley williams flipper max and it was fixed uh other than that it's been solid so that's been really cool what what's the what issues have people been having with it the biggest one i know is i believe it's jason wilson who has game galaxy in nashville tennessee area uh -huh. um really big location i think the biggest location in the country awesome dude really like jason he bought one used that already had problems and it was supposed to be getting a new main board or main CPU for it. And he has supposedly installed that and it's still having issues like not booting and all sorts of stuff. Okay. Basically sounds like a basket case. Um, that's the main one that I've heard of from people. The other one issue, the thing I did change is the flipper buttons. It's being built by a company that's never built a pinball machine. Uh, as far as like the assembly, the manufacturing of it. Yeah. And the actual flipper buttons were just like arcade leaf buttons. Uh, they're very lightweight. They're just meant to be like pressed down and gravity's going to help you. 
Um, they're not sturdy enough for a flipper button fill. So the, the flipper buttons felt very light. Yeah. And I replaced those switches with the standard stern pinball switches for the flippers and it felt way better. Um, so that's been the biggest change I've seen. I've recommended to everyone who's getting one to make that change. Um, David Yop got his machine as well and he didn't change it at first and I did it and I was like, dude, you got to change it. And he was like, yep, night and day. Um, real easy, just uh, solder two wires and it's on a connector. So it's super easy to do actually and redo undo two screws and screw them back in. So it took like 10 minutes to swap them out. Uh, and I, I messaged pinball brothers and I was like, these flipper switches are not going to hold up. Uh, you need to use a different one. And they said, thank you for the input. So I'm assuming they're from what I've heard from the first batch that came over changes were recommended and they were made. Um, uh, Dave's arcade, Dave Brennan has a good video up. He did like a two hour unboxing and adjusting video going through his machine, uh, which is one of the first batches. A couple coils were flipped in the wrong direction. I had lifted my play field as soon as I got here. Those were all fixed. He recommended a slightly different alignment for the upper right flipper. They had changed that in the factory. No, that's uh, good. Made the upper ramp shot a little bit easier because it is a tough shot. Uh, so all that's been really positive from what I can see. The, the Xenomorph head actually catches the ball now to start the multi-ball. Um, my original one was a prototype machine that didn't even have the board to control the Xenomorph's head. So, uh, you know, this game seems a lot better than the one I had to begin with. And uh, <laughs> the changes they made as far as physical to the layout honestly make the game play a lot better. So oh, really? it's, uh, yeah, I'm impressed with it. And it's just, a, it's a very fun game. And I'm not like, I never saw the movie Alien until I bought the first Alien Pinball. Like, I thought it was a good movie, but I'm not like, oh, this is a movie series. This was a dream theme for me. I think it's a cool theme, but it's not like anything I was dying to see. I just think the game is really, really fun. Um, it's got a level of simplicity to it as far as, like, shoot both ramps, then start your mode. Uh, that's very nice, which is, I mean, Godzilla has that. Shoot both ramps and start fighting a monster. Right. Right. So, like that basic concepts there, but then it also has a lot of the deeper scoring opportunities, shooting your APC drop targets to raise jackpot values, uh, collecting life cycles to start a multi-ball and also raise jackpot values. Like all these little nuanced things throughout the rules that make it very fun in attempts to not just play through the game, but to maximize score. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I streamed it for like two weeks ago. That's the first time I've streamed just a game for a non-charity thing since we got Halloween. So uh i liked it it's fun i, I caught and godzilla is still awesome godzilla is awesome <laughs> i did i caught a little bit of your stream i think i caught it after you did it but i went and checked it out um yeah i i played i played the original alien at the allentown show years ago and i i mean i really i think the theme is great um i had a hard time shooting it like I just, you know, part of it was like there was a line and I had maybe, you know, like one or two balls played and that was it. So I never got a feel for it. But I, I like the concept. Now, rule wise, are you playing as the alien or are you playing as a person on the <clears throat> ship? Like you're trying to survive the alien. I think attack. you're you're playing as like a person through the ship right. is my understanding. Um at the start of the game very much like on Godzilla, how you can pick your language. Well, at the start of the game here, you pick whether you're playing Alien, the original movie, or Aliens, the sequel. And if you do that, you have to play through all four modes plus the wizard mode for that movie before you can play the other movie. But you have a choice of which one you want to start with. Um, so the modes seem really well balanced for scoring. So are there two, like you could play two different versions on the same 
game? No, essentially, well, not versions. So, like, there's two movies included. The game is called Alien, but it includes modes from the original movie Alien. Okay. And then the sequel, Aliens. And when you start, you basically pick which movie you want to play first. And once you play through all those modes in the wizard mode, you then automatically start playing through the modes for the other movie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, like, right above the flippers, you kind of have an array of, what is it, 15 inserts? Yeah, so there's three three columns of five inserts. The far left is alien. The middle is all red. Those are all the different multi-balls, and you could play those in either movie. Right. And then aliens is on the right. So you pick which movie you're going to start with at the beginning of the game. Um, And if you're just like, so I realized this when I was playing, it doesn't automatically just start you on alien uh, every time. So like the first game you play will be alien. If you play a game right after it, it automatically has you start on aliens unless you switch it. So if you're standing there playing back and forth, you're not going to see the same mode over and over. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Yeah. So it's got roughly eight modes, two mini wizard modes, four multi-balls, and then a all-out all out war is the main wizard mode. I got to it the other day. It was really cool. I didn't know exactly what was going yeah. on. Um, but I kind of... So that's one of the things I've been thinking about is like, I like the fact that the wizard mode is obtainable in that game. I know that's one of the things they talked about with uh, Munsters when that came out is like having a simpler game that you can get to the wizard mode. Um, but what I don't like is that like in Munsters, it doesn't make any sense. You just get there and it's, you know, nobody knows what the fuck you're doing in that game. I don't care who you are. <laughs> it's a weird game. Alien. Like I, I've been able to just in two weeks, figure out like what I'm doing, how to get to that wizard mode. And then I don't get there every game by any means. So when I get there, I'm still figuring out how to play it. And then I'm still trying to figure out like how to maximize my score. Cause I think your score in the wizard modes is based on how you've done in the modes before it. So it's important to play the modes well to really cash out in the wizard mode. So there's that whole approach to like everything builds upon itself. Does it have tiered wizard? And I like that. Does it have tiered wizard modes like stern or does it just, so when you, when you, when you say you're getting to the wizard mode, you're talking about like, you're actually getting to the wizard mode. I, I got to the wizard mode once. Okay. That's all out war. You have to play all four mo- modes from Alien. Then you have to play the mini wizard mode or whatever you would like, sub wizard mode, whatever you want to call it for that movie. So that's, you know, four modes plus the wizard mode. Then you have to play all four multi balls and you have to play all four modes from the movie Aliens plus that mini wizard mode. And then you have to qualify all out war. Okay. So yeah, it's like you played at least. 14 other modes to get to that mode so what okay so and you find that that is on par with getting to the monsters wizard mode getting to no no the monsters wizard mode is way easier to get to but it's just they're attainable like so i've had iron maiden for what four years and i've still never gotten to was it run for the hills oh yes yeah 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 like i've never seen that still um jurassic park was it Escape Nublar? I've gotten to once. Yeah. Um, I think es- I, did I think Escape go Nublar. Avengers. Escape Nublar is easier. I've never gone to Run to the Hills, but I've gone to Escape Nublar yeah. like I don't know, maybe three or four times, like in the game. That's I've done it once, um, and I got through the Avengers with all the gems and defeated Thanos once. So like, I'm comparing this to L1 games, which we've already you know, gushed over for years now and explained that he basically has reimagined pinball and made it perfect. And it's amazing and fun. Um, But like, I still can't get to those wizard modes. So like, while I do keep playing the game, there is that like slight frustration that it almost feels unattainable to a certain degree. 
Um, hmm. Whereas like with Alien, I got there in two weeks, but I've played Alien more than I've played like any other game uh, by far in like the last couple years. Uh, See, I just feel like I feel like with what the rules like what especially in keys games i feel like it's just it's you know like going back to you know like the idea of tiered wizard modes like i i felt like escape nublar well no escape nublar isn't the the wizard mode the final wizard mode is dino when dinosaurs ruled the earth oh i've never been there yeah that's like <laughs> i think that's you basically have to get the super like in all of the different wizard modes, and then you have to get out of Escape Nublar, and then there's a final, final wizard mode. You know what I mean? Like I just think it's like the death. I'm not gonna lie, I did. I literally did not know that existed. I think I th- like I had no clue. I could, I, I could be. You're probably. I could be wrong. You're probably right. But I do think that I think that there might be. Uh, yeah, I think that there might be another level. I mean, that's a thing with. Uh, you know that yeah that's the thing like with his games like i just don't think i'm going to see the wizard mode like i'm never going to get there but i'm just not that level of player i appreciate that it's in the game and maybe i'll have that crazy freak breakout game where something like that would happen but um it's just you know i just think that it's the depth is there. Yeah, I, just, I just Googled it. That is a super wizard mode. It's called. Oh, it is right. It is. It exists. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it exists. Yeah. That is the, that's a wizard, but you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, like getting to escape Nublar, I feel like is it's doable. It's really difficult. It's doable. But when, when dinosaurs rule the earth, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know that yeah. I'll get there. Yeah, so that's and I didn't beat any of the wizard modes yet that are on Alien. I've just gotten to them okay. and played yeah, them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the bottom line is I, I'm just really enjoying the game. Um, it is on location at North End Pub advertisement slash like I want other people to experience the game because I do think it's really cool. I am by no means telling you to go through the ordering process because it was it, it just really bothered me to tell me that my game was ready in October and it wasn't. Um, like clearly it wasn't ready then. Like I feel, I feel lied to and I don't appreciate that. Like I can handle things are delayed for whatever reason. Yeah. Just tell me the truth, you know? Uh, so that just really bothered me. And I know there's not a ton of them that have been made. And I think there's maybe less than 10 on location in the country right now, as far as I know. Um, so I want people to play it. I think it's a really good game. I just do. Uh, it's fun and I enjoy it. So that part's been cool. And then I bought a golden eye this week too. I saw that. On the on the side on, I, on its side in the back of your car and people were not happy yep. happy with you. <laughs> natural way, natural way to transport a game. <laughs> Ironically, uh, I for the first time, first time unknowingly, I purchased back my original Goldeneye. Oh, that was yours. <laughs> that's, that's that's my Goldeneye. I sold like almost eight years ago. Yeah, what? Uh, it was really funny. Like I went down and looked at it and I was like, this is super familiar. And then I looked up old pictures and I was like, oh yeah, this is my game for sure. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, it was, it was really funny. So I sold it to someone in St. Louis. They, I bought it from, I bought it in Cleveland. I sold it to someone in St. Louis. They sold it to someone in Indianapolis and another couple in Indianapolis bought it from them and I bought it back. So uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. And I uh, went through and I'm having some trough opto issues, but I called up Terry at Pinball Life and he hooked me up with some new trough optos today. 
They are shipping, and I should have the game back up and running by hopefully Thursday uh, for Pinball League. But yeah, that game is a game I was really excited to get back. So that's crazy. So did you? You did not know that it was your game until you had it in the car. I like I did not know. I at at their house. I asked the guy, I was like, where did you get this? Cause I was like, I think this is my old machine. I was like, I'm not sure, but I think so. And he, he told me who he bought it from. It was a different guy who I know in Indianapolis. Um, and then when I got it home, I was able to look up old pictures I had on Pinside of my game. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Because it had like some really shitty colored GI in there. Uh, and it's cause like at the time I didn't even have LEDs. Like I bought a game from someone and they just gave me some LEDs they had cause they were getting out of pinball or something. Yeah. And I have like literally a handful of LEDs. So I just randomly threw them in the game and I was like, yeah, that's right. I did stick like five <laughs> random blue light bulbs in the GI and I put green in the back glass cause I had them and I was like, this will be so good. Funny. So I, it took me like three hours to replace a couple of bulbs the other day because I had to make it look better now. And I rebuilt the flippers on it, and uh, it's it's playing good. Minus I got to fix that trough opta thing. So that's pretty funny. That's it. It'll be back up and running. I, yeah, it did crack me up. I was like, there's there's not a ton of that game out there, so it wasn't the most shocking thing, but it was yeah. When I when I kind of looked at the pictures, it confirmed it. I was like, that's that's funny. I'm happy. But I'm happy to have it back. It's a, a game we had at the bar a few years ago, a different one, actually. And that one was a re-import that had an electronic coin mechanism thing on it that I could not get to accept quarters. So we were never able to turn it off free play. So I had to sell it after a few months because I was like, it's dumb for it to be down here and me not making any money <laughs> yeah. on it. So I sold that. And uh, eventually I got another one. So that's that's good. And sometime during wrestling season, I picked up an Evil Knievel for... $125 that had uh, no back glass and no play field glass, but it had uh, an Alltech MPU in it. So really it's like a $200 MPU. So either way I was saving $75, <laughs> yeah. even if nothing else worked. And uh, when wrestling finally got over a couple weeks ago, I went through and repinned every connector and I built a rectifier board from uh, nvram.weebly's website, Andrew's boards. And I got one of his new driver boards and uh, everything's working on it really nice. So I went through and rebuilt all the mechs and I installed Yopsicles. I'm just I'm just shilling for everyone. You here. are, man. Yopsicles, the best LEDs ever. And uh, I was able to track down an original backlash from another guy in Indiana for 150 bucks. Nice. So I'm going to pick that up or he's going to come deliver that so he can play Alien soon. And I've got a, an evil for like under 500 bucks. That's nuts. Um, I also ordered some of... Uh, Andrew's Andrew's got Bally Stern six digit displays on his website now that come assembled for 190 bucks. I've never used his displays, but they should be to my house tomorrow, I imagine. Yeah, that's for a whole, uh, so I'm gonna install those. That's for a complete set. That's for all five displays. Yeah, 190 bucks for five Bally Stern six digit displays assembled, which is a little more expensive than the ones I've been buying that I have to assemble. Yeah, but uh, in this case, I was that's happy not to bad pay, at like, all extra. though. No, not bad at all. And Andrew's stuff is almost always. Not almost always. I've never had a problem with Andrew's stuff. I think Andrew's stuff is awesome. It's affordable. And it keeps these Bally Stern games going. And I really like playing Evil. I was like, my original plan was just to sell it. Yeah. But I think I'm going to sell Power Play and keep Evil because the sound of chime spinners is just so sweet to my ears. Yeah. Yeah. I would, so I would do that. Those are my main pinball projects. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm feeling. The play field on it is a little rough. I mean, it sat in a basement for 14 years in the way it was way i picked it up 
so that's not like the most shocking thing. Uh, but overall, I mean, it presents decently well. I installed new Titan rubbers, so it's bright white rubbers. And yeah. The fact that I just, it sounds so stupid, but from where I was when we started doing this show, like seven years ago, almost, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, That's crazy. crazy. Um, I mean, I could, I could, it sounds terrible, but like I, at that time was one of the people that I hate now who like likes pinball and thinks they know what they're talking about, but they don't have a fucking clue and they can't do anything. And now I can like take these rat infested games and be like, oh yeah, I can make that work again. And uh, I'm proud of it. It was cool. Like I, I hooked everything up. And I did all the lighting changes and like, it just worked right away. Like I didn't, Oh no, ironically. So this is funny. There was, it booted up right away. And then I was having like some weird switch matrix issue, Mm -hmm. which kind of worried me since I had redone all the connectors. I was like, this is weird. And I had found a note inside the machine for a repair service, got charged $90 to install a new start button switch. And I would realize, like, the short was happening, like, as I would shake the game. Uh So I started, like, just kind of moving wire harnesses and everything on the MPU, like, all the connectors and everything. Nothing happened then, but then if I would shake the whole lower cabinet, it would happen. So I finally narrowed it down to the coin door. And lo and behold, the start button they installed, there was no fish paper behind the switch. So the start button (laughs) itself was just shorting to the coin door. Uh, So they got, that's, my guess is the, whoever had this game, at some point, paid someone to come fix and it. And they fucked it up. They installed they installed the Alltech, and they installed a new start button, and that caused the short. Or that caused, they probably installed the start button, which caused the short, Yeah. and they couldn't figure it out, so they bought an Alltech, and then it just still didn't work, and they just left it there. That's my guess. Oh, wow. Of what happened. But uh, anyway, it worked. Nice. So, yeah, that's been... I've been playing kind of the shit out of that during the day while I'm, like, working from home. I'll take my computer to the living room, and in between emails, I play a game of evil because a good game lasts like three minutes and I respond to emails. Some. Now, have you sold anything? Have Has anything moved out? Yeah, I think since we last recorded, I don't I don't know if I picked up South Park at that point or not. Yeah, no, I don't know. But I picked I up a South Park and I, I got it specifically for the bar. Um, that's not a game that I love. I enjoy South Park as a show, but I don't like actively watch it or anything. Yeah. Um, I just have always heard it earns really well and it was local and it was fairly priced. So I got it. And then when this golden eye came up for sale, I sold South park. Um, so I could buy the golden eye. Um, so you've, you've been, you've been buying and selling actively, right? Over the, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, you've been buying and selling actively since I've known you basically like, yeah, uh, more so since I got the location yeah. because I have like my core games down there and then, and then I have games that like, I'd say a handful of games that we're willing to switch out and sell when something else pops up that we want to play for a while. Um, so I am not an active buyer and seller, right? Uh, you are not, I am not, I am curious as to what you're seeing prices and how, like you're you're buying I mean are you hesitating to buy games or like when you say you're buying games at a fair price are you buying them for like what I am seeing as far as market prices because no okay okay <laughs> um like the south park I paid 2700 for okay uh and then I put a color DMD in it and I sold it to a friend 
for a little bit over what I had into it. 7,000? Like an extra 100 or 200 bucks. <laughs> no, not quite that. <laughs> um, but I mean... So you are I mean, last year. I sold you. I sold my Volton and Stargazer for very high prices. Yeah, um, yeah, but those were both. Those were both like pick- restorations. I mean, that's a. I think that yeah, that's a are. different. That's a whole different world, right? And yeah, as far as just my stuff from location, I mean, you're still finding no, stuff like that's I, like relatively reasonably priced. Yeah, for, we. I didn't buy the Primus. My partner, uh, my buddy Mark, did. Yeah, but he got Primus for like. It was posted for sale forever in Minnesota, but I think the guy didn't want to ship. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the reality. If you're not going to ship a game, you reduce your number of buyers. Yeah. And Mark finally made him a, a pretty, I, don't, I want to say he paid like 5200 for Primus or something like okay. that. And he paid me to drive up there and get it. So, um, you know, he saw a Primus just sell today for 7500 uh, So he's like, dang, I think I did good. I was like, yeah, I told you, like, you weren't going to lose money at the price you were paying. Um, and Primus, it sounds funny, but there was a night last season in our pinball league where Primus was playing in Indianapolis and half of our league went to the concert. So Mark was like, I think this will do well here. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Primus has done really good at our location because it's a, it sounds weird to us that are deep in and we're talking about the depth of Godzilla and alien and how much we love that Primus. Everyone can figure out what to do. Keep the ball alive. So new players walk up to it, casual players, and everyone feels like they can play. Uh, the only confusing thing is like it's four player and there's only one score display that they can see. So that throws people off at first. Um, but that sort of thing, you know, and we have the games that we just want. Like we have Wheel of Fortune there. It doesn't earn a ton. Yeah. But we both really like playing it. Like Wheel of Fortune is one of the most unique pinball layouts I've seen on a modern pin. And we enjoy it. So it stays. Uh, those sort of things. I have Dolly Parton down there. I love playing Dolly Parton. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I've seen um, like I've seen people like posting that they were interested in getting into like buying a game and all the pricing that I've seen. And I am not an active, like I don't actively look for stuff, but I'll see stuff and I'm just like, wow, like my mind like gets blown by some of the stuff. So I bought back my original golden eye, right? Right. I paid 1800 for that game when I bought it nine years ago okay at that time i thought i was paying too much because it was more than what they were selling for but it was hard to find Mm -hmm. and i found one that was close enough to drive to and i didn't plan on ever selling it because i collected james bond stuff that's what got me into pinball right i just bought that same exact machine back for 3700 okay and I feel like I did okay on it because the last couple I saw were for 4,000. So, you know, like it was hilarious because as I was going through, like I said, I had to fix, like, I, like I said, I recognized the color GI. I recognized the translight had a little water damage. There was a part where I didn't have a rubber at the time, but like the ball, there's a metal ball guide there. So the ball can't go where it's trying to go, but the rubber would have protected the ball, you know? Yeah. And, like, the guy I sold it to was a reseller. Like, I thought he, like, shops games and resells them, you know? He didn't even fix that. Like, that rubber <laughs> was never added in. He never changed out. I did. There were some bulbs that I didn't change the LED because they were in hard-to-get places yeah. for, like, someone who had never taken apart a pinball machine. And I was – those were still incandescent bulbs. Um, the inserts were only partially LED'd. I was like, dude, they did nothing to this machine after I sold it to him but flip it. Wow. Um, 
but yeah, so that's, uh, you know, I think if someone took an investment in, in nine years, you more than doubled your money on it, you'd be happy. Yeah. And oh, man. that's essentially what, what GoldenEye did. And I'm happy to have it back at the price I paid because I've seen them sell for hire. So uh, it's it's a weird time, man. What about uh, I just talked to what about like solid state games? Because that's another I've seen those like I saw as stars. I don't I don't know that it's sold. But I stars is like a two thousand dollar game now. It is right. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. that's what I've been seeing. And that's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Because I have how much was the stars that you picked up for me? Was that like eight hundred or nine hundred? No. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think it was that much. I thought it was like maybe like it five will. or six, maybe seven. Okay, maybe I ended up like nine hundred into it with like the new display and flippers or something. Oh, maybe that's what I it remember was. being around that. That might have been what it was. I, I know that it needed. I sold it so. for a thousand bucks, I think. Okay, um, to my buddy Mark, um, and that was a couple of years ago. So that was one stars. I had two other stars. One I paid a hundred bucks for, and one I paid one hundred and fifty bucks for. Yeah. Um, now, granted, those were fines. Like literally, one was in a freaking antique mall, and one was in a storage unit. But that worked out really good. I sold the one for 600, like two. Well, it would have been the pinball at the zoo before COVID. So three years ago now, almost. Um, and yeah, like it's just, and then I ended up trading one for the Vulton that I got. So it's crazy to see like where the pricing has gone on those. Um, but then again, compared to a DMD game, like, okay, I want to get a pinball. I can't afford a $4,000 DMD. Well, a $2,000 stars is a good game and it's cheaper than other things. So like, the only things that seem really cheap still are kind of like the shitty EMs. Even like decent EMs seem to have gone up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I just saw it and I was like, I was interested to know if that was like what they were really selling for, but apparently they are. I, I mean, for for stars, I think so. Same thing with Meteor. Like Meteors used to be, I felt like at any point in time in any city in the country, you could look up on Craigslist and find a Meteor for sale for $500. Yep. Like I think they was like, they were just, Everywhere. Everywhere. And now Meteor is a $2,000 game. Yeah. Like, it, it blows my mind. Um, and I'm looking at my... And I'm again, looking, those are... I am not shitting on those games. Like, I love playing Meteor and Stars. Yeah. I, they are hard to beat. But, like, I would struggle to pay that price. But it's only because I saw when they were trying to give them away for $400. Or, like, you were trying to make a trade or buy a game. They're like, I'll throw in a Project Meteor with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, that was how Meteor was treated. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's weird, man. But like, I got a unique stars play field last year and it's got like a alternative art package on it. And now I can't find a stars to install it in. I, I have one, like 2,500, 2,500. Yeah. What, what a deal. <laughs> no, I'm not selling it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you don't want to, and that's the, I don't want to sell like, it. I'll never get it back. I, I, there's that aspect of it. And like, I think you even maybe more so than me is like, we get attached to games. Yes. Like I, so I restored that star or that stargazer and the Volton last year. Stargazer was a scratch build and Volton was like somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Like there were some original parts and a lot of new stuff. I sold them for very high prices, but they were cheaper than what I've seen. Like other like quote unquote known restoration guys sell their games for yeah. the same titles. So like those in the know knew I was selling under those prices. So they seemed kind of like a deal to that sort of level of collector. Um, but even as, as soon as I did it, having that money, like I regretted it. 
I like, I miss playing Stargazer. I miss playing Bolton. I went out and started buying parts so I could build them again. <laughs> like, like I, I was like, okay, well now I made my money on the first one I built. So now when I build my second one, it's basically free. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird, but I miss playing them and it's, they're fun games. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain. And again, like, so Godzilla, like I'm ignoring rush rush came out by the way. I think it was announced and released and shipped since we last recorded. Yes. Um, yes. I've, I've only played two games on it. It was at the place tonight and I didn't even want to play it. So I, we, I'm not going to say a lot about it cause I just haven't played it. But, um, so like at least with Godzilla, I know they released 1000 of the limited edition, right? Mm-hmm. With Stargazer, they only ever built 868 total. Yeah. With Volton, it was 365. Like, so when I'm playing those, not only am I enjoying the fact that, like, I know not a lot of people have gotten to play really nice versions of them, but, like, they're truly limited. Whereas, like, there's a thousand limited edition. Yeah. And then an unlimited amount of premium that will play exactly like the limited edition. Mm-hmm. And then there's the pro model that will play very close to those two and save you a couple thousand dollars. Um, and you could play them at almost every location. I mean, like, and you can play them at almost every location. And there's exactly. a and there's a lot like, of locations. I mean, that's what you know. I, it's it's nice. I mean, you know, a lot of locations don't have just cookie cutter collections. I mean, certainly, but you do see those games are basically, you know, it's cause those oh, yeah. are going to draw in players. Like if you want to get the players to come in to play the new game, they draw in players. Get and quite honestly, the Stern, the Stern products, I have to do very little maintenance to my Stern machines. Yeah. They're very reliable, um, which just makes them easier to operate. Like quite honestly, like I very rarely have to do repairs outside of like coil stops maybe replacing a rubber, yeah. uh, tightening some screws on posts. Like they are stern credit to you guys, super reliable product. Um, I've been impressed. Uh, so there's that. Now, that being said, any of my solid state games that we've gone like completely through. So like the flash Gordon, we restored and then put on location, redid every single connector, hard top bulbs, et cetera. Um, my meteor is the same way. I redid everything on it. I haven't had any issues with those machines either. Yeah, uh, my power play and my Dolly Parton that like were shopped or partially shopped out and LED and flippers rebuilt, but I didn't redo every connector, etc. Those have had more issues. Yeah, um, yeah, that's just the reality of what it is. So if you go through and make a game like brand new, well, it's probably going to last and play quite a while in location like brand new. That's that I will say. Um, Halloween's actually done really well for us outside of. Uh, some stuck ball issues, but I think I finally resolved those. So that's been nice. It's done well the last couple of weeks since I fixed that finally and people could play it properly. Now, what do you think of that game? I've, I have, I have not played it, but I have not heard great things about it. And, um, um, well, I think it's like almost all the spooky games where there's a rush to buy it. Mm-hmm. So people have these huge high expectations and all this energy and then they get it and it's early code and they're building them slowly, and there's problems in the early builds that they then fix later in the assembly line, and the later ones don't have those problems. You're basically getting a testing game, yeah. beta game, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and then the code develops, and people really start to enjoy it. And yeah, so it kind of like that follows a similar pattern. Okay. <laughs> the pricing, it sells like crazy high pricing at first because people who wanted it didn't get it. Then people start getting it and complain about things, and the price drops. 
and then the code gets good again and the price goes back up. That's kind of happened on their last couple titles. Um, I enjoy it from the aspect that it is not a typical layout. It's it's a different shooter. It's fun. The stuck balls really annoyed me and pissed me off because it would take a lot of the fun out of the game because you'd be having a good game and you'd get a stuck ball. Uh, and again, I'm not a fan of the movies. So like the I'm more excited to play Ultraman eventually. Yeah. Because it just looks more fun. Yeah. And while I'm like, I I somewhat dislike the Halloween movies. Like I've never found them very particularly scary or entertaining. Um, so the theme just didn't do anything to me. If that layout was somehow the same but converted to Friday the thirteenth and it was Jason Voorhees, I'd probably think it was like amazing, quite honestly. Oh, okay. Uh but the the more recent code update uh eliminated some of the bugs I had previously seen in it. And uh, it's been fun when I've played it. Yeah, I'm not sitting here telling you it's it's competing with Godzilla for Game of the Year or Alien or anything like that. But I, I enjoy it. I'm glad Mark put it at our location. Um, people there, it's still earning really well. People do like playing it. In uh, leaving, when I was at One Well tonight, uh, I was talking to their tech, and he said it's one of their most popular games there, too, uh, because most of the staff really likes it. So it definitely does appeal to, like, people who are fans of the movie and yeah. Halloween season and horror films, like those people really get a kick out of it. Whereas like, I don't appreciate as much as how well the themes incorporated. Cause I just don't care about the theme. If that makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I feel like I've just seen a lot of people ragging on it and I just, I haven't played it. And so I'm not really sure what the, where the hate's coming from. Um, you know, I know that yeah, were, I'm, I, I think they were complaining with the rules, but like you said, it's just, I think, I think they take a while to get the rules kind of, kind of hammered out. And I feel like they're also, they're willing to really change it up. Like they're will, like they're willing to go, okay, this is, this rule isn't working. Right. Am I wrong about yeah. that? Yeah. I feel like they've done. No, that I think very much so. I know in like the first month we had it, there was a part where you basically locked yourself into like you're in a mode and you have to play the middle play field, but there's only one shot that puts you on the middle play field. Yeah. So you're just, so we suggested to them as in like me and Mark in an email, like, Hey, we got to this mode and we basically were locked out from doing anything else in the game and you only have the one shot. So why don't you make it? So when you shoot the upper play field, that upper flipper is diverted is disabled in this mode. So then the ball has to drain onto the middle play field. So it gives you two access points. Yeah. Okay. Um, and literally that was in the next code update then like they acknowledged it. They said, that's a good idea. And then it was in the next code update. That's cool. Um, I know Mark has continued to message them and uh, his, he gave them a suggestion for a call out for it's either for tilting or for a tilt warning. And they put it in the game. He that's, was like super pumped. About that's that. awesome. So like, I'm sure they're getting that input from other people as well. Yeah. Uh, those are just our, experiences um again i had not played it a ton until now i still haven't even played a ton but I, they just had a newest code update come out i think last week 1.06 and i played like three or four games on it and i enjoyed it like i was like okay this is fun i had fixed the ball stuck issue which was more so annoying than anything else they they did they, they fixed it like or you you were able I to fixed you it. fix it okay yeah yeah and i is it not a problem i've heard of other owners having actually um I think I figured out what, what was causing ours and I resolved it. Nice. So, uh, yeah, if anyone else is having your ball hit the furthest right stand up target and then 
elevate itself, go airborne and get wedged between the middle play field and the plastic airball guide uh, or airball protector, uh, use some gorilla putty and stick the airball protector to the uh, middle uh, play field and you will resolve that issue. <laughs> oh, cause like right now it just kind of flaps there, right? It's just, yeah, uh, it kind of flaps yeah. there and it was just enough gap that the ball could wedge in there. And then when it wedged in, like, it's wedged. You're not nudging it out. Yeah. So it was very much a glass has to come off. You have to tell the bartender. You have to text me <laughs> sort of thing. So I was very annoyed with that. And to be fair, like I didn't even try to fix it. I just kept unsticking the ball. Like when I realized like, oh yeah, I have these gorilla putties, little like pads. Mm-hmm. I should probably try one of them. And oh look, it's been like two weeks now and it's held and haven't had a single stuck ball since then. Nice. So. What do you think, like, yeah. in, in your time, and, like, op- you've operated now for seven, seven years? No, six six years. Six years, six years. probably, yeah. Um, what do you think, what's, what's your biggest takeaway, like, now? Like, what do you what do you do differently now than you did when you first started? Or even, like, what do you dif- do differently now than when you, like, were two years in? Like, what, I feel like you're at a point now where you've probably have fine-tuned a lot of your maintenance stuff, and... I don't know. It's, it's so I don't know if I've done anything different per se, but I was very fortunate. And then the, that I had Dan St. John and Main Street Amusements is my example of what location pinball should be. Yeah. Um, where nothing is down for more than a day or two, or if you have to order a part, like at most a week. Um, if something is down, I try to put a sign on it that clearly says, like, do not turn on, part broken, has been ordered, something like that. Um, so people aren't putting money into something, you know, that they think they're going to be able to play and then getting upset. Uh, I'm by far not the best operator because like a lot of the games I have are still just games that I enjoy. Like, yeah, I could absolutely get titles that would earn, but like monster bash was there for six months. It was my top earning game. Most of the time it was there and you got rid of it. I was I was sick of playing Monster Bash. Yeah, like I was like, okay, I've, I am Monster Bashed out. Like, and I'm very fortunate that my location, like, overall, there. I know we've talked about this before, but there's like the quarters in the room theory. Like, whatever machines we have there, we're making roughly the same money. Right. It's just a matter of which machines the quarters go into. So, okay, I took out Monster Bash, or even more recently, I sold Metallica a few months ago. I have one player who comes down every month for the monthly tournament. And every time he's there, he's like, Oh man, I really wish Metallica was still here. <laughs> I was like, well, it was earning like $8 a month. Yeah. Cause you would play it when you were here <laughs> for the monthly and everyone else had played Metallica for four years. They were tired of it. Yeah. And I still enjoyed Metallica, but I'd played a lot of Metallica. Yeah. I was satisfied. Like, okay. So, you know, like that money that was in that game just went into something else. Um, that's just kind of how it goes. What game, what uh, game is, what game has lasted the longest at your location? um congo and baywatch they were original yeah, we sold fishtails last fall and then congo and baywatch came in and those have been there the whole time do they still do they still earn anything i mean or is it just like you yeah. just have no they earn really well yeah, yeah they both congo's congo's done well the entire time baywatch did better when it was in the bar because it has like 90s cheesiness to it that most of the people that are hanging out in the bar were of age to remember baywatch and find it entertaining yeah as that it was like a pinball machine. Um, we moved that out of the bar and over to like the family bowling alley side mm-hmm. and it hasn't done as well over there, but it's literally in like, we call it like the kid's room. It's full of crane machines. 
and it's like where the parents send their kids while they're bowling and like none of those kids probably know what the hell Baywatch is to be really honest now do you like maybe with like yeah do you operate the stuff in there other stuff in there like the cranes and stuff or you're just doing the pins right or you do i'm just doing the pins okay. but i really need to do i need to do the cranes because there's so much more money in cranes like, and I'm an idiot <laughs> for doing pinball machines. And mon- so monster, here's a, here's here's a good perspective for you. <laughs> I bought this. So when the pandemic started, like literally two years ago, right? Yeah. Before before everything locked down, I had ordered a candy machine, just like one of those simple twenty five cent. It's got like three different sections in it. You know, pick which candy you want, put your quarter in, turn the knob thing. Yeah. And then COVID hit. So I couldn't put it anywhere and I had it in my living room for like a year and a half or so. And then I just finally moved it into the bowling alley side in the last couple of months. So at, at 25 cents for you, you need to get M&Ms, a nerd's gumball or peanut butter M&Ms. That machine out earned every pinball machine on that side of the business this week. Shut up. <laughs> Are you serious? And the machine cost me. The machine cost me new in box. Oh my god! Brand new machine, right? <laughs> now, granted, I have to buy candy to put it in there. So when I get that twenty-five cents, like only nineteen cents of its profit on a gumball. Okay. okay. No, it's <laughs> more than that. It's like twenty-three cents. Come on. No, I buy the nerds gumballs. They're more. Expensive. Oh wow, that is yeah. you're high. You're high end though. That's a, I'm high end, high man. End. I'm high end. Most most people <laughs> charge fifty cents for the nerds gumballs. I'm a nice guy. Twenty-five cents. <laughs> but that machine, new in box, was two hundred dollars. Oh. And it out earns my cheapest pinball machine on that side of the room would have been Dolly Parton that I think I paid 1500 for. And that was before I bought a new old stock bag glass in it. Cause you know, the one I had in there had a little scratch and I couldn't have that in public. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, like it's, if I was doing this strictly as a business, it's like, yep, I should probably operate candy machines. And I bought, because the candy machine did so well the first few months, I bought a sticker. machine. I was going to ask that you if you got a 400. Oh man. I did. Yeah. That was four hundred dollars. It earns a little less than the candy machine. Um, and it's seventy-five cents for stickers because the stickers are a lot more expensive than candy. Wow. Um but like it was just kind of eye-opening to see that. Like when I look at it and my my candy machine is like a top earner over so, these pinball machines that cost so much more and require so much more maintenance. Uh it's really yeah, like pinball, I understand why public location pinball died. It is not money making if you don't also own the location <laughs> like if you are if you're giving away a cut and you're not making money on the alcohol that it brings people in yeah like it's yeah it's not a smart business decision. do you do you think you've earned enough money to pay off your i mean i you, i know you haven't made enough to pay off your machines you could if you sold your machines obviously so it's not like you're in. Yeah, it's not like, like you're it's, in the it's hole. Literally, it's like a really weird savings account. That's how I like okay. to describe it. But, because like, if I needed money, like if we decided we have to buy a big house tomorrow, yeah, I could sell off my collection. If I don't have my collection, I don't know why I need a big house because I have nothing to put in it. Then, <laughs> but I could do that. Okay. Um. Now on top of that, they do earn a little bit of money, but like last month I needed to replace the driver board and power play. Right. Well. PowerPlay makes enough money to replace that driver board in like eight to nine months, maybe. Okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, so like if something goes wrong on any of the machines, it's very hard to like, I mean, the parts are expensive. The, the new trough opto board for GoldenEye, it's a part that's basically non-existent anymore. 
I called Terry at Pinball Life today. He found that they had one. It's not even on the website. He posted it to the website today just so I could buy it. Yeah. It was $83. Mm-hmm. That's going to take GoldenEye two months to pay off. Like, you know, so that that's the thing that I think people don't think about. Um, even though I got that Evil Knievel really cheap, like, yes, if it was only $125, it would pay itself off in a couple months. But then I sank 500 into it with new boards, displays, back glass, and LEDs. So it adds up very quickly. Uh, and it's only going to be a game that I charge 25 cents for. So it takes a while to pay off. Yeah. But the idea is not to pay it off. I mean, you're not doing it to pay the games off. It's to have the games. I mean, you're like you're you're making enough money basically to get the game, keep the games running. But then in the end, it's yes, just I, I you just don't have your money. I just want to be able to play the game. Yeah. And you don't have your money in the bank. You have your money in pinball machines. I have my money in the pinball machines. Yeah. Yeah. I try to keep a little money in the bank. Right, I'm right, not right. Like a completely irresponsible yeah, yeah. adult. But yeah, like I absolutely have more money in pinball machines than I have in the bank. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I got, I got married and I bought Alyssa a nice ring and I, we hadn't, we didn't even do like a big fancy wedding. It was pretty small and everything, but like shit adds up quick. Like I sold one of my pinball machines and paid for all that. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm not like, I don't regret that at all. I'm very happy. It was an all, I had a great day and Alyssa's so happy and it's been awesome. Yeah. But like, that was a way for me to do that very quickly. Yeah. And I didn't even post the machine publicly. I'd had multiple people ask about it. Just message one said, Hey, I'm selling this. I'll be there tomorrow to get it. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, so. it's, it's, um, yeah, you've been doing it for so long. I mean, we were, we were, we recorded when I remember, I think you were like, Oh yeah, I put a game on location. Or did you? Yeah, like I had a location before this one too. So like, right? Where where was that? Uh, that yeah. was um, literally in the same shopping center. It's a, uh, it was like a card and board game store. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's, yeah, I remember that. And ironically, new new people have bought that store. Yeah, and they have recently like gotten hooked on coming to play pinball. Oh, so they're over nice. there like three nights a week, and it's really funny because the last month Iron Maiden was my top earner. Yeah which was not that it's not, it always does well, but like it made like a significant amount more than everything else, which was kind of odd. Yeah. And I was like, Brett, who the hell has been playing this? And he's like, Oh dude, it's the board game store guys. They're like obsessed with uh, it. That's awesome. And I was like, really? They were like, yeah. He's like, yeah, they just think the game is like so cool. And like, they're always down here playing, but like he said, it's funny. Cause the owner, like the other guys kind of follow him. And he's like, I don't even want to be good at pinball. I want to be good at this one game. So he said they play it like every night. That's awesome. And I was like, hey, man, that's that's very cool. And uh, yeah, so it's interesting when you get a game like that and people get obsessed with it. I think that's how it also helps. Like that's how people get hooked. Though. West, I still do. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, I was that was creature from the Black Lagoon for me. That was Adam's family for Once me. I like. Yeah, I understood it like I and I knew what I was trying to do yeah. the whole time. I just wanted to keep playing it until I did it. And even when I did it it made me want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Like that 4X super jackpot on creature. I can hear the sound in my head right now. Uh, yeah, man, I wanted that again. I still want it and, again. Anybody you want to get rid of a creature out there? Let me know. <laughs> it's, and you're still doing the pin quest and that's. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, I just sent, I did our coin collection. I do it about every two weeks and I just sent Mark, uh, the totals for yesterday and he was like wow monopoly and halloween really jumped up that's awesome i'm glad to see him doing well again and i was like oh yeah i put pin quest on those games this month so like you do see a difference in the coin drop for those machines because we only probably have like 
10 to 15 people that are using it. Mm-hmm. And I don't advertise it a ton or anything. Yeah. It just new month rolls around and I post the challenges. Um, but those who do use it, they want to get the scores. So, you know, they spend more money on those games that month until they achieve them. And are you doing uh, Insider Connected? Yeah, I've installed Insider Connected on everything except for Beatles because they still haven't made kits available yet. Um, so I'm still waiting for a Beatles kit, but everything else has them. Um, the new code on Mandalorian, like a week or two ago, finally made it Insider Connected yeah. compatible. So I, I've had the kit for that one for a while, but I didn't want to install it when the code didn't support it because that was just going to confuse people. Yeah. So I got that installed. Um, and I, it sounds weird, but like I'm pretty much down there to put the games on free play on Wednesday because we do free play Wednesday still. And then I come down on Thursday to take them off free play. And then I come back that night for league. Other than that, like I'm not down there a lot when they're open. Like I'll go during the day to fix things. Yeah. Or like before our monthly tournament, I tend to go down like several hours before they open and make sure everything's good for tournament day. So I don't see a ton of people in there. Um, with the new job, I've been down there a little bit more. And like what's cool is the staff has all started to play because they're there and they're around the machines. And they do like an awesome job of like telling people about Insider Connected. And I've seen a lot of people using it actually, which has been pretty cool. Um, but it's because like, they don't instinctively do it, even though that thing is lit up right there and there's like arrows pointing at it and stuff. Yeah. But if someone tells them about it, like they get hooked and there's a guy I saw just this week who like, he's been down there for months with him and his wife and they actually are regulars at the bar I work at too, but they sit at the bar. So I don't ever serve them. And, uh, he was playing something the other night and I saw he, he was scanning in and he was doing the pin quests and he, he started talking to the bartender, Brett, who is probably plays more than anybody else down there. And he was like, dude, thank you so much for telling me about this. Like, I'm addicted to trying to get these scores now. And I was like, awesome. Like, that's why I let Brett have a key and play whatever the hell he wants. Because Brett's advertising for me and he's getting other people hooked. So it works out well. Have you? But yeah, uh, I I forget to sign in for Insider Connect when I play. Yeah. And it's frustrating because I'm like, damn, that was a good game. I wonder what awards I got. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't scan in. But uh, it is cool. But as an, as, an op- be better. as an operator, do you see a benefit? to it like uh, uh, yeah do you yeah, see a bump not, from it I, I, I don't think so like i haven't yet yeah um i'm i'm scanning into my account right now so i or logging in like it'll be interesting so, to see like mandalorian right because mandalorian's been out for a little bit it'll be interesting yeah. to so see so what's kind of cool is because i'm in michigan today right yeah so i'm like three hours from my location and I can see that today Godzilla has been played three times, Mandalorian 2, Ninja Turtles 2, Jurassic Park 1, Iron Maiden 5, Avengers 0. Like, So I can look that up, which is kind of nice, but I'd really appreciate it if I could see more info like Switch hasn't been hit or if there was a problem. To be fair, most of these games don't have problems because Stern does a good job. But like, yeah. if I could, Or if I could like go in and like change settings from my phone like, hey, I'm going to run a special today. Iron Maiden's half price, and I could change it on my phone, you know, so I don't have to go down there. Stuff like that would be really cool. Oh, so you can't even do um, that. Like, you couldn't give, like, you couldn't put. Literally, all I can do is see today's plays, seven days plays, 28 days plays, and when was the last time somebody actually used Insider Connected? So somebody played Iron Maiden two minutes ago using Insider Connected. Interesting. Doesn't tell me who the player was. 
nothing like that. Like it's, it's a absolute bare minimum amount of information that I get. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Huh? So that's pretty much it. And there's no, so there's no information about the game. Like it doesn't tell you if the person got a free play or anything like that. Nope. Nothing. Okay. Not yet. Which again, if it does have all of that ability, that would be incredibly useful as an operator. I just think that would be cool. Um, I don't know if that'll ever come. I think running live, like high scores nationwide, things like that would also be cool. Yeah. If I could put up a TV in the bar that shows like today's high scores, Indiana, USA, global on Iron Maiden, that would be really fucking cool. I think people would go for that stuff or run like a month long. Stern runs a month long contest and send somebody a prize at the end of it. Like things like that would be very neat. What also seems like with Insider Connected, because it is like the machine is recognizing the person who is signing in. So it seems like it would have the ability to even display that type of information like on the screen. Right. Like, and I don't know if that's like a privacy issue. Um, To me, like, so one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to establish a pin quest for Jurassic Park. I think this was like last month or the month before. Uh Um, And it wasn't like one of the one game achievements. It's you had to collect like 100 rescues. Right. Like if you're doing that, that's probably going to take at least 10 games. Like if you're having pretty good games. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get you there. There's a badge you get for it. But then I just had to tell people to like screenshot me your badge when you get it because, you know, there was no notification that I could get to tell me that a player had done that. Okay. I think it would be cool if like I could click on, so I'm in the app right now. I'm clicking on Jurassic Park. It just tells me when it was last played, last connected, and that's it. It would be really cool if it gave me a list of the players who had played it or, and then I could click their name and see what achievements they had earned. Like, I think that would be cool as the operator so I could do contests like that. Right. Um, You don't have to tell me who that person really is. You don't have to give me their contact information. Right. Like, I just want to know who it was. And then I could post like, hey, if you're McDuff85 and you just got 100 rescues, you want a free T-shirt. Come down to North End Pub and collect it. Right. Or you could or you could even put I mean, you could you could even do that. Like you could even have it so that the game would display that. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I, I like it, the, that could be one of the high score pages. People who have collected earned this badge and it lists all the players names. Right. Yeah. That would be really cool. And so you, yeah, and so you so, have no access to your audits at all. It, I mean, just for the last month, that's but, it. But like, you can't, you can't look at the audits of your game, like as an operator. Nope. Okay. I, I thought that that was part of the rollout. Like, I thought that, like, you were going to be able to actually see that type of information. Like, I mean, all I can see is the number of plays in the last month. Okay. And to give you that idea on the Iron Maiden thing, Iron Maiden's at 431. The next closest is at 260. Okay. So Maiden got almost 200 more plays than anything else this month. Okay. Which is crazy to me because it's sitting next to Godzilla, which is so new and so awesome. It is. It is really (laughs) good. Have you played? Have you, do you have access to the beta code? Are you a beta code tester? I have to ask. I I didn't even know they had beta code testers. That's how not cool. I. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I, I know that I, I believe that Carl D'Angelo streamed the newest beta code for God, for Godzilla. Um, and I, 
I don't know when that happened, maybe like a week ago or something like that, but I keep checking Stern to see if they've, they've released a new code because apparently it has the Godzilla power-ups, which I am jonesing for. Oh, nice. I need some power-ups in my life. Yeah, see, like, you you know all of these games far better and deeper than I do. I get, like, the general idea of how to play them, and I can just keep playing and try to score a lot. Yeah. But, like, I, I genuinely don't know the full depth of the Keith games. Like, I understand that it's there and it exists, Yeah. but I'm not there. I saw, so, like, we secretly have a high score contest going between each other that you didn't even know about. I did not know that. But I think you posted, you got, like, <laughs> what, 1.4 billion on on that on godzilla uh my my current my current high is like no 2. 9 it was like something. the first time yeah it was like the first time you broke a billion yeah i think you got like 1.4 and i saw that and i was like yeah well, shit i i haven't done that yet so i gotta go down there. i did see that you and that. yeah so then i went down <laughs> and i got like 1.5 billion yeah. and i was like sweet i feel better now <laughs> or no what is it one looked it up sorry i just pulled it up on my app 1.79 billion and i was like sweet shut the fuck up taylor it's in my head you know? <laughs> and then then you posted like two something billion yeah and i was like fuck sorry and i haven't done that yet no like i like that because like we're not competing but i like to have something to work towards no, um, I understand. and then alien showed up and i i literally don't think i've played my godzilla since alien arrived um i did play a premium tonight at, on location um but the flippers were kind of a little bit weak and beat up. So it was not a fun experience. Um, what Godzilla, but it's at a, yeah, huh. those, those ramps are really hard to make if your flippers aren't super powerful. Yeah. What's up with so, that? Why were they, do you know why they were weak? Well, I think it's just a really busy location. Oh, I'm guessing okay. the coil stops were gone. Yeah. My, uh, it was literally being played the entire four hours I was there. My so. high score on Godzilla uh, is my high score on Godzilla is 2.9 billion right now 2.9 so i got a lot of work to do that's all i'm hearing out of this but that's cool because like then i get to go like i just described work as playing a playing game is work yeah you know but i like having i like seeing that i like knowing that it can be done um <sighs> and i have fun like pretty much every time i play that game i just think that the ball paths on the game are so unique um ron cruzman who that's who I picked up the play fields from today. Ron Kruzman does amazing play field restoration work. If you need a play field, clear code to talk to Ron. Uh, but Ron and I went down there and Ron hadn't played it yet. And he literally stayed on it almost the whole time. Like he was like, what can I sell? I want to buy one. Of these. <laughs> so that happened. I mean, he was, he was said like, he just hadn't played a game that there were the ball traveled such unique ways. And then on top of that, like I was able to explain, you know, some of the rules to him. Yeah. And he was just like, this is so crazy. Cause he's like, the last time I was buying newer games, it was when Lord of the Rings was out and everybody thought that game was crazy deep, but that game is just like wood chopping compared to this. And I was like, yeah, uh, pretty much. I still like Lord of the Rings. Oh no, he wasn't knocking okay. Lord of the Rings. It was just saying like, it's really deep, but you were doing the same thing yeah. over and over. Yeah, I see that. And I feel like, I feel like Keith's games, they provide you like so many different paths to those scores um, that you don't have to play it the same way. Like I could go play all multi-ball and you could go play just for the modes, and we'd probably come out with like similar scores. There's so there are so many different things happening at once that you don't even realize shit's happening. Oh, it took me so long to figure out what Hedora was doing. Oh yeah, and I finally figured it out. But that and I was like, oh, that's really cool. Smoking a bong, that. <laughs> I just meant the fact that it's oh. like a frenzy mode that's running in the background. I ended up hitting a shot I think worth like 129 million in Hedora one night. What? 
yeah. So my understanding on that is like you're building the value, you're building the value off switch hits, and then you collect when you Correct. hit the shot. So yeah, so if you want Correct. to, you could sit there and like I think rip the I spinner. had it on some shot that was harder to hit, and I was ripping yeah, the spinner, yeah, and yeah, I had two yeah. X scoring going. Oh and I yeah. just got this huge okay. shot on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's freaking cool. Yeah. But it's like, like you said, it's happening in the background. So like, if you don't know that it's there. You're just going to keep playing and you're just, you're going to occasionally collect some points on it. It's cool. Once I realized what it was, that it was that background frenzy, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot spinners. Yep. And it was really cool to see that value pop up on the screen. Yep. It's, it's, I've, so I've recently gotten into trying to collect the city combos and, and I, I just saw those on like the postcard looking images for the first time tonight. Yeah. It's, it, I had it's not really seen cool. That, that was really cool. Yeah, and so one of the things so I have a pr I have a premium, and so it actually I think they're I think each city has an additional combo. And I was playing the premium tonight, so I wouldn't know because I hadn't even realized that was on the pro yeah. version. But yeah, but so like, but one of the things I figured out, I actually went to tilt forms because I could not, I didn't understand why I wasn't getting the city combo. Like, so Tokyo, which is the first city you start in, it has three city combos. Um. One, I'll go through the three combos. One combo is you shoot the right right ramp, then you shoot the building. It goes through the building, and then you shoot the big lane from the upper left flipper. That's your first city combo. Your second city combo is to hit the center spinner, and then you hit the big loop, and then you hit the mecha lane, which is the one that goes in front of Mecha Godzilla. That's your second. And then the third one is the center spinner, which is the one that's to the right of the building, and then the pop bumper. But so I was doing that and I could not collect and I did not understand what was happening. But what what you what you have to do is the building actually has to be down in the down position to collect that third combo. So then after you after the building is down, you can collect your third combo. Um, but it's important because you can at five city combos, you can get an extra ball. And so that's the whole thing. It's like knowing where to get the extra balls and certain cities have easier combos in my, in my opinion. Cause I have, I have a really hard time hitting the Mecca lane. And so like from what I've, from what I've seen, I think Paris is probably the next city to go to. If you're trying to get an extra ball early on, I know that each city has like different perks, but as far as getting an, an extra ball is an extra ball. I mean, if you can get an extra ball, go for the extra ball. So, um, but yeah, so like I started getting into combos and like, yeah, so now I'm like, it's, it's weird because you start thinking like strategy when you like, you know, when you walk up to a game and you start thinking about, okay, what should I do? And you're like, okay, well, if I do this on Godzilla, I was explaining to somebody about Godzilla, like, they're like, what should I do in a tournament? And I'm like, first, I don't know because I don't play tournaments, but I was like, I started going through the things. I'm like, yeah, do this and do this. And I'm like, well, no, because if you do this, then you'll actually end up with like, You'll have jet fighters going. You'll be in a mode. You'll be dropping the building. Like, I'm like, there's so much stuff that's happening. And then it, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And there's all kinds of stuff with, like, switch hits, you know. Like, so you get a certain amount of switch hits, and you start, like, um, uh, not su is super combos or, um, oh, the rage combos. Like, and it's in the. Yeah, so, okay, wait, question. Yeah. So, one, every time I start the fucking rage combo, I immediately brick my shots okay <laughs> and it sucks but the other day i did hit them 
and I got through four in a row, and then I think I had to hit the tail whip shot, and I missed it. Yeah. Like, does how long does the rage combo go for? I think it like, might. What is that score? I think it might just be the. I think it might just be that. So it's right ramp, left ramp, center spinner, big loop, loop, then the tail, tail whip. whip. Um, and that might be it. It might. Well, it might. You go. T- I would think that you go tail whip, and then you might go to the left spinner. Um. Oh yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense. But I'm not. I'm not 100. I feel like I've completed it, um, but it's been a bit because I usually don't really go for it. But I feel like if you complete it, you probably get like you probably bump up your annihilation jackpot. Oh, that makes sense, right? It just seemed like it just seemed like these are not hard shots. They're shots I'm usually hitting anyway. Yeah, and then as soon as they're lit for the rage combo, I just brick it. Yeah. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. It was really annoying me. I usually, I'll get it and then I'll, you know, there'll be another ball in play or something or I don't know. But like, I've, I have a really hard time with that Mecca, the like tail whip shot. Like I cannot, I've, I've been practicing that to try to, because a lot of the combos have the mech that the tail whip shot is your finishing shot on the combo. And it's just like killing me. It's like a 50-50 shot to me. Yeah, I just, I want to... Like, it's just, it's going to happen or it's not. I don't know. I love hitting the upper loop and just looping it and looping it yeah. and looping it. It's got, like, that's really satisfying. Such, such a fun game to shoot. It's a, it's really interesting, too, because I feel like, um, like, it's interesting. The power that you hit shots changes the way the feed is so dramatically it's it's almost like you feel like you're playing a different game like i don't even like the upper left flipper when you're shooting the loop like i'll get into a groove where i'll be able to loop it like over and over and i like over and over again is like maybe 10 which is i feel like it's pretty good but it's it's almost like the ball slows down and it's wherever you're there's like a sweet spot on the flipper that is like the perfect place to rinse and repeat that shot. And it's just, I don't know. It's just really satisfying when you find that little groove and it's a, it's a really good game, man. I really want them to uh, release the new code so I can stop avoiding reading about people talking about the beta code that I really want to, I really want to play it. I'm really interested to see what they do with the Godzilla power-ups. So my understanding, spoiler alert, my understanding is that what happens, what, I don't know how, I don't, so like currently when you shoot a shot, it'll tell you you have a power up and like I'll say plus two power up. And I don't know how that applies to it, but at some point when you shoot the scoop, like you qualify a power up, you shoot the scoop and you'll be able to pick left or right and it'll give you two choices as to what you want to power up. Mm, interesting. So it's not like Mandalorian. Like that's one of the things that worried me. It was like you're going to go to a store. Like you'll go to Godzilla Mall and like you have to buy stuff for Godzilla. Um, and I didn't want that because I think that that kills the flow of the game. But my understanding is it's like you go in and you have two choices. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand how collecting power-ups while you're playing 
will determine what you get. Like, are there more powerful power-ups? Like, you get to a certain level? I don't know. But there's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot to be played with. And the fact that it's, like, collected on the scoop means that it's going to be pretty important. I have completely abandoned reading about most of Pin... Like, I barely check Pinside anymore. It's... It's a... Yeah, it just became a very uh, toxic and negative environment for the most part. So I have like a couple threads that I am actively participating in, like the alien thread to see if people are having issues or how to fix issues if they arise. Um, and then like pinball disease coming up. So I check that thread. But I used to just like actively sit there for a lot, a lot of time and read the website daily. And now I'm like, I know who's going to comment what. And it's just going to be annoying and I just quit reading it. And I, I've kind of gone to the whole like code's going to come when code's going to come. And then when it comes, I'll update and play it. Uh, the automatic updates is pretty awesome with the new uh, online connectivity yeah. aspect of the starting machines. Big fan of that. That's been cool. But like, yeah, the whole rumor mill and everything, like people still kind of ask me, like, Hey, have you heard what's coming? And I'm like, I've, whatever you've heard, that's probably what I've heard. Like I just oh like like games come. and stuff, yeah. Games coming out, code code coming out. Um, I mean, the only reason I care about like, Godzilla Code is because I play it daily. I mean, I I oh I, no, I yeah, get it. Yeah, I'm invested I just, in that. I've kind of gone to the point where it's 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 whatever. I, I'm just enjoying. I I've I still don't enjoy working on pinball machines. Like I really enjoy when they're done. Yeah, but the process, like I'm proud that I can do it. I don't. I wouldn't say I take great pleasure in it. Yeah. Like I put on a, I usually put on some old wrestling or like a TV show that I've seen and I kind of just let it play in the background. So I'm like semi tuned into that and I'm just working on the machine to get it done. And once it's done, like that evil, you know, it was doing nothing and I got it working like quickly. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. I'm glad this worked out. Move Uh, on. But like, I don't enjoy that process. Yeah. Like, okay, now I just want to play. Yeah. Uh, I don't I'm much. I much rather be playing pinball than working on them. Yes. But the problem is pinball working pinballs got so expensive <laughs> and the games that I like are these weird, rare, older things. So like you I have started to buying work on them. busted ass ones yeah. so I could work on them yep. um, because it was more affordable. So like I picked up st- the play fields I picked up tonight from Ron or Stargazer. I'm going to build those again. Nice. Um, I got another vault in play field from CPR and like I, I've got to get an I've got like. I'm on spring break two weeks from now. I'm going to the Texas Pinball Festival for the first weekend. Nice. I actually leave a week from tomorrow because uh, I'm driving and I can work remote. So I'm heading down early nice. and working remote. Um, and then I come back from that and my dad's coming to visit for a week or however many days he comes. I don't know. He's probably going to listen to this and I don't know how many days he's coming for, but we're going to uh, basically build the nursery because I have a, a son coming. Oh my like, God. That's so amazing. Yeah. Uh, we're down to like three months now. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. So it's crazy. I know. God. And, and Alyssa's like one of Alyssa's best friends just had her baby five weeks early last week. Oh shit. And everything's healthy and awesome. Yeah. But it was also very much <laughs> like, like eye opener. Oh shit. That could, that could be us. Yeah. Like, we better, we gotta get going. Yeah, man. So, um, oh, it's crazy. and I'm just being realistic. Like I, last couple summers, I've basically restored a game up here at the lake when I've been up here during the weeks and I'm probably not going to be able to do that this summer. So I got to like clean out some space in the garage so I can do some games there. I'm supposed to be building a stargazer for somebody. 
Um, so now I got the play fields. I'm still just waiting on the wire harnesses and then I'll have all the parts and I can knock those out pretty quick, hopefully, since I've done this before. Now. Nice. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got heavily interested in, in the things I decided I was interested in in pinball, which is like mostly the classic games and then trying to keep my location playing nicely for those people who come to visit. Yeah. And, uh, shut everything else. I, out. I just quit. Yeah, like I, it's it feel weird saying that, but like I don't participate in like the community aspect of it as much anymore through Pinside because the community grew and it got full of a lot of people I don't like. So, yeah, just that's kept it to the people I do like. Well, that's the thing that's I think that that's one of the things that was tough. The toughest things for me during the pandemic is that like I really like hanging out, and I know that I know that not everybody like shut down. I mean, like. I know that, but I did. And yeah, it was tough because I really like hanging out with my friends and playing pinball. Like that is, I mean, like, you know, I, I built a deck on the back of my house because it's off my game room. And so it's like, Hey, I want a place where people can hang out when they're not playing. You know, it's like I, and then the pandemic hit and it was kind of like, you know, I'm, I still have my games because I was like, Hey, you know, hopefully we'll come out of this one day, but that's really what pinball for me is about. And that's what, I mean, I talked about that before. I mean, that's one of the reasons why it's kind of like, I kind of got down on like recording and stuff because I wasn't really doing anything I was interested in talking about because it's like, Oh, it's just, I'm playing in my game, you know, Hey, I'm, you know, playing Jurassic park for the 14,000th time, you know, it's like, um, but yeah, which so, is actually an accurate reading of that's his, probably uh, low. Honest, that so. that's probably low. Um, but no, so I I hear you as well. Like I definitely feel like I feel like there's a I have enough of a connection with people that I don't need to connect with people I don't know. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, very much so. And, but to be fair, like you know, without Pinside, you and I never meet. Yeah, like. I've, I've legitimately probably spend as much time talking to you as I have almost anyone in my life in the last seven years doing this show. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we just done it all recording. Like I, you know, I've got friends I'm very close with, but I'm not like a huge socializer or talker. So, um, I'm, I'm very content playing pinball by myself. Like, so that the whole pandemic thing, like it wasn't a change to me. I like to be able to play the games and I, I enjoy seeing people play my games like to me, still going down. I've had a few people come into the location and just tell me, like, "Wow, you guys have really built something cool here," or like, "You guys have an awesome lineup. The games here play really well." Like that, I I appreciate people recognizing that. Yeah, I do get pleasure out of seeing them play my games and enjoy it, or trying a game for the first time. Like I like all of that stuff, but I don't feel the need to be like, "Let's play a game together," because like I just like to play for high scores and going through the games and like trying to beat them to me it's me against the machine it's not like a i want to play with people like when i go to texas next week i tend to disappear from my friend group and like go play by myself because i can play more games then and i can try more things out yeah see i i and then I, when i go to eat i want to go eat with people and i want to go eat barbecue see barbecue. i i am the, i don't know i i'm not gonna say i'm the opposite but i do like playing with people because i find i have i have a lot of friends who like I've stayed connected with that I've hung out with at shows or whatever. And like, you know, it's like if you play a four player game, only one player can play at a time. So that means 
like I enjoy the conversation I have with people. Like I do like meeting people. I like I I do think that I like meeting people in real in real life. You know, it's like it's interesting. I want to hear what people are doing. You know, it's like I want to know not necessarily about like what people are doing with pinball, but just people what they do in general. Um, and that's yeah. one of the things that I, that's one of the things that like was really interesting. Like when I first got into pinball and like, I, and like I started a league and like, just, it was just, it wasn't, everybody wasn't really into pinball. Like everybody was into coming to the league and playing pinball, but everybody wasn't into pinball at that point. So it was really about what the people were about outside of pinball. You know, it's like, so I was playing with doctors and lawyers and, just people who I wouldn't necessarily maybe socialize with on my own. Does that make sense? Like it wasn't, there wasn't the pinball connection. It was just like. Pinball was what brought you together, but you were interested in all the other aspects of the people. I I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, so like going Um, to show though, like I said, it was like, you know, it's, if you're on a four player game, if you're playing a four player game and you've got four people, like three of you are talking and hanging out and like, bullshitting or you're playing stall ball and then you have like 40 people hanging out and like having a mutual experience. I don't know. I, I really like that, but I don't know, but I can come home and play. I mean, I'll come home and play for three hours by myself. I can do that. But if I'm out, oh, yeah. if I'm out, like if I'm at a show, like I'm there to be social. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm there to play the new stuff or stuff. I don't see. That's why like, that's just, that's like at Pinburg. It's like, Pinball's people are like, good. where's Tommy? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, you're not hanging out with him. I'm like, no, he just, he just kind of wanders away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do. I just disappear. I'm real quiet about it too. Like I wait till somebody else says hi to someone and then I dash away. That's what I did. Like, like at whoops, parties yeah. in high school. It's like, I would just like, I would just leave. <laughs> yeah. Where's Taylor? I, I don't I'm know. I'm perfectly content. Left. Yeah, I want to. I want to go play Capcom Airborne when I'm at Pinburg, You know, like because uh, nobody else really cares about that game, no. but I never get to see it, so I play the hell out of it. All right, so uh, I got to ask you before, yeah. before, because I have to go to bed soon. But um, Taylor, quit being fifty, man. Sorry, Just having the late night party with um, me, dude. I have to wake up. I have to wake up. I have to make breakfast for children. Um, oh god, that's gonna be me soon. Oh uh, yeah, oh, I've I've made oh, I have made more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches than I have played Jurassic Park. That is not a lot. That is fine. not a lot. Um, no, so I want to talk about multimorphic. I wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, and we don't have to I'm do. Pumped. We don't have to do a deep dive because I'd really love to like uh, get uh, Jerry on to talk about it. Yeah, but I I did want to ask about because I you're getting one, right? Yeah. So what's so the status on your What's the status on your P three? And then I think that we we've reach out to multimorphic and get him on. Yeah, I think Jerry would definitely come back on. So I ordered my P3 the first week of September. Yep. Um, and at that time, I was quoted 8 to 12 weeks, which in my mind put it around Christmas because, like, when someone tells you 8 to 12, you assume 12. Yeah. Um, and then I saw Jerry close to eight weeks later because Expo is around the end of October, I think. Or maybe it was six weeks. I don't know. I saw Jerry at Expo. Uh, and at the time he told me, he basically said, can I tell you something, you know, privately? And I said, yeah, absolutely, man. And he basically said like, look, I can get you your game and, you know, by Christmas probably, but we're making some upgrades to the entire system, yeah. which they've now kind of showed in the new videos. And he said, you know, if you don't mind waiting, 
then, you know, your game will come with those things. Um, and to me, it was not a big deal by any mean because uh, I had reached, had been just contacted, I think, saying my alien was going to be here in two weeks at that point. So I was going to have to pay for that. So I was like, cool. I thought alien would take longer. So then I would have, you know, time to get the money for that after the P3. And instead, I just switched the order. I got the money for alien and then I had more time to get the P3 money. Um, so that was no big deal. Um, I had no clue at any point whatsoever that the theme was going to be Weird Al yeah. for the newest game. I just knew that it would be licensed and that it would probably be popular because it was licensed. Um, I think they did a great job of creating the the FOMO, the fear of missing out mm-hmm. with the 227 LEs, which they sold out in one day of. Congrats yeah. to them for that. Um, Weird Al Yankovic, I know some of his songs because Amish Paradise, I grew up near Amish people. Like that was a big hit. And um, I'm aware of like his his pop culture icon. I know who he is, right? Yeah. Um, in no way whatsoever have I ever been like, the pinball world is missing a Weird Al Yankovic pinball machine. Yeah. Um, but when WrestleMania came out, most of the world was like, nobody gives a fuck about WrestleMania, except for like, I was like, this is fucking awesome until I played it. So, like, I get and appreciate, like, those that are excited about this. I'm very happy for those people. Like, that is great. Um, I'm excited because it just looks really fun. Like, I think the layout looks really yeah, cool. Yeah, the layout does look And fun. I've been excited. I've been excited about getting my P3 since September because I want to play Heist and I want to play Cosmic Kart Racing and I want to play Lexi Lightspeed. Like, I, you know, I've talked about wanting a P3, I think, for four or five years. Yeah. Ever since Cosmic Kart Racing, really, because I enjoyed that so much. But the pricing just always seems so high until, like, the pricing and everything else shut up and Multimorphic stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. So um, the pricing just made more sense for me at this point. And I specifically ordered it um, the week I sold my Volton. So, like, I sold Volton, so I had a bunch of money sitting there, and that's when I ordered it. I've, of course, since then spent that money on other pinball machines. Um, But then I'll sell pinball machines when it's time to pay for the P3. So, yeah. I've planned accordingly. Um, I'm very happy for them. I know Kevin from Buffalo Pinball is streaming that game in four days on March 19th. He's going to be streaming it. Um, They're going to have it at the Texas Pinball Festival, so I will get to play it in a little over a week from now. I'm excited to play it. Uh, And that game is going to go on location. So that will be, again, one of only a handful of Multimorphics P3 machines that are on location uh, across the country. And uh, I'm again, come North End pub and play it because I'm excited to have it. My whole, the whole reason. So again, number one was the pricing just became more in line with what everything else was to where like, I now saw it as yes, expensive, but everything's expensive. And in the future, new games will be cheaper. So that part made sense to me. Yeah. Uh, the other part would largely be Nick Baldridge proving like granted Nick's a mad genius. Yeah. Um, yeah. But him programming all these mini games for it, yeah. as he calls them, yeah. um, that really appealed to me because, like, without a doubt, like, I don't have any sort of background that would, you know, tell you like this guy's educated enough to be a pinball designer. Um, but like seeing what Nick was able to do and having basically built two games from scratch in the last year, I was very much like, okay if I get this system that already has basic code in place and I only have to z- design one third of a play field, like it's kind of something I want to mess with. Yeah. 
So that's cool. Like it gave me that opportunity. So yes, I'm going to put this on location. And my whole plan was like, if it does great on location, awesome. Keep buying games as they come out for it. I can play it when I want. It'll make a little money. If it does terrible on location and people don't get it, I bring it home and I start to experiment and make my own game. Like, and what other system offers you that? Like nothing. So to me, that was a really cool idea because like, I have absolutely sat around and drawn up ideas for playfields. I may have already written out an entire rule sheet for coding killer clowns from outer space onto the Lexi Lightspeed playfield. Uh. Like, I don't know how to do that code, but I have an entire rule set written out for progressing through the movies and battling six of the killer clowns, leading to the final battle against the giant killer clown. So, like, it appeals to me. <laughs> well, you you also have you also have a community who is supportive of that platform, and oh, absolutely, and, and they will help you figure out. Yeah, you know? I joined the P three Discord. Yeah, um, maybe a month before I ended up ordering it, and it's largely just owners of the games. It's not official. It's not like through the company, but several members of the company including Jerry are there and they do partake in the discussion. There's tech support that's on there. Just again, through mutual owners, there's an entire third party development uh, chat or for the people who are working on games and seeing all of that really made it just like, okay, the upfront price tag is expensive, but it's basically the price of a premium machine now Yeah. Um, to get the machine. And then you have to buy a click, a, a, a kit for it. So, like, yes, it's it's ends up being a little cheaper than an LE or right around the price of an LE. But then everything else for it is cheaper in the long run. Um, and again, with like our two issues in pinball are money and space. And like this now starts to save you space. So that appealed to me as well. Uh, so if I did have to reduce the games at home because I am having a child, I could have this one <laughs> machine there that's actually like four machines. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, the weird, the weird Al. Like when I first heard the the title, I was kind of, um, I I was a little underwhelmed because I was just expecting, I don't know, like I don't know, like I Every, everything in my mind was an '80s theme, yeah, like a movie or a band, like mostly movies. I don't, I love the '80s, so like I was just thinking somehow they got some sweet '80s movie license. Um, but like it did what they needed it to do. It got them a lot of attention. Yeah. I I am not certain, and I don't. I've never heard them publicly comment. But I'm willing to bet that they had not sold 227 machines before that day. Like I don't think there's that many P3s out there. But did they sell? Did they sell that many machines, or they sold that many Weird Al kits? Uh, well, okay, so kits plus machines. So yeah, it's who knows. Okay, it's that kits. But a lot of the people, like, I just got a message today, literally, when I was just driving home so we could record this, from another guy in Indiana that was like, hey, do you have your P3 yet? I ordered the Weird Al LE, and I still have never played a P3. I want to come play it. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, and I was like, I haven't. Um, mine's supposed to get delivered next month or in May, uh, which is the update. Um, so I knew it was going to be delayed because these parts were coming jerry after the initial orders came in whenever that was what a little over a week ago i think within a couple days he emailed everyone out who ordered and gave you an estimated delivery date based on them ordering their parts 
and then ramping up scales of production. Um, my order having been in for quite some time, I'm at like the front of that line. Yeah. Um, Pat Patrick, who is the guy who bought my stargazer, uh, he and I ordered P3s the same week, just like coincidentally, uh, him and I, we've, we've stayed in contact and like, turns out we have really similar taste in games. Uh, but yeah, we talk frequently and we've both been waiting and Jerry posted. No, honestly, I was kind of like, all right, if they're making these now, like that would be cool if I just can just pick mine up at the Texas pinball festival and bring it home. Um, but he basically said the parts for everything that's supposed to come in, uh, they're supposed to be delivered the first week of April. And then based on them arriving, building and testing, I should be able to by the end of the month or in May, which either way, either way was fine. If it takes longer, it's fine. Like, because they've never asked for more of my money. Yeah. They've let me know what was going on the whole time. Again, the communication part is totally okay with me. Like I understand that everything is just weird right now with, um, shipping and production and i get all of that it is not a big deal i just don't like being told you have my game and you need my money and then it takes five more months yeah <laughs> like that's not cool well um, being so, being told it's it's at a at a port when it yeah when it hasn't been made <laughs> yeah that's that that was all frustrating yeah. so uh Multimorphic has not had any of that uh, issues. They have been awesome in their communication, even if it wasn't good news. And it's like never fun to give somebody bad news, right? They've just been upfront, like, hey, it's going to be a little bit. Um, you know, I didn't know what the title was, but, you know, uh, I was told if I wanted to order, I could. And if I wanted to cancel it once it was announced, I could. Um, that was all, those were all options given to me. So, uh, and I'm, I'm really excited because, like, again, like you said, we can go to almost any location and play the Stern games. Yeah. Um, I looked I looked around the bar the other day and like I felt bad because we have a lot of Stern games in there right now. Like I have Beatles and Primus, which you don't see at a ton of places. But then a lot of it's like I've got the Elwin games and I've got Ninja Turtles in there, you know. Um and we've got Halloween, which isn't super common. And I've got Dragon Fist and Flash Gordon and Prospector. So I've got like a mix still. But I think I have like seven. I want to say I have seven Stern LCD games. Yeah. And I was like, oh, too, I just don't many? like that I have so much Stern. Yeah, like that's kind of how I felt. But I don't want to get rid of the. <laughs> don't want to get rid of the Elwins. So, yeah. like, it's just going to keep happening. But you have 20, um, 25 games. Yeah. On the other side, yeah. I have all all like DM. I have well, what we have, Power Play, Meteor, and Dolly Parton. And then for Solid State, and then we have DMDs like Monopoly, Baywatch, X-Men, Congo, Shadow. So we've got a nice, like, diversified collection yeah, still. Yeah, you've got a good mix. Um, yeah, it just looked weird to me to look down the bar and be like, man, I have a lot of Sterns right now. Oh, yeah, we have Alien in the bar, too. Like, So I try to mix it up. But I think it'll be cool to put a P3 there. Um, the changeability of the play fields, I plan to change it out like every week or every month, depending on how a game's doing. Yeah. Um, I've already talked to Nick Baldridge to make sure that his game Ranger in the ruins can be put on coin operation because I want to operate that game. It's a one ball game. I'm going to charge 25 cents to play it. And I don't know if you've watched a video on that game at all, but it is, it's a roguelike game. Like you progress as far as you can. You find items that help you go further. Oh, I played it. Uh, you die, you leave item. Yeah. Like I'm excited yeah, to put that I, on location. I played it at, at Nick's. Quarter it's play. really cool. <laughs> it's cr the, crazy. And I, I love the music in that game. Yeah. Like 
I just think it's so cool that Nick was able to do that at home. Like that's such an interesting concept. And I know I can change the amount of balls in it, but like, if that's a three ball game, I'm going to charge you a dollar. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to get a group of friends down there. You play one ball. It's one quarter. You see how far you can get. And then your friend steps up. Like you just rotate through. Uh, I think that's really cool. So I want to, I want people to be able to see those things that are out there. Uh, and if it, if it flops and it doesn't do well, I'll be very honest with them about that. I'll let them know, Hey, this didn't do great at my location, yep. but I'm still really excited to own it. So I'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, you know, I've had games that have done well and I've gotten rid of them like monster bash. And I've had games that haven't done well, like TNA that I really liked, but I still got rid of cause like it literally was making no money. Like it was just too hard for people. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how, what people think of this because it is, well, it is pinball. It is different. It, it will take some adjustment. Um, I'm really. I I just don't know. I don't know what to expect, honestly. Yeah, I watched. The, I watched the video. I watched the YouTube video again today, um, and I think it looks. I think it looks really good. I think that it's. Yeah, the ball paths on Weird Al Yankovic look awesome. It looks really. Like, it looks awesome, and it looks like it might be the the most traditional looking P3 game as far as the use of the, of the this the screen and the play field. But I, I mean, I haven't seen a yeah. ton of it, but it looks like, cause I, I think that that might, I don't know. I think that that throws people off. Um, it does. I'm sure. Um, I, I said, I've always enjoyed the things I've played on it. Um, it just, you know, people change is hard for people to accept. Um, look how long it took for us to get rid of DMDs and pinball machines, you know, and go to LCD screens. Yeah. Like just, just for the display, you know, um, everything else was staying the same and we barely look at the displays while we're playing. Yeah. And it still took forever for that to change. So I think this is one of those things where they've been around a little while now. This license did help them get some popularity and some sales and some money which is very important to where hopefully they can pursue another license. And it, it genuinely seems like this was a license that members of the staff there are very excited about. Yeah. And whenever someone's excited about a, a license, I think it tends to create a better game because there are people who are passionate about Absolutely. the content they're putting into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I, I, that's the total vibe I've gotten from this, yeah. the excitement from being in that discord and hearing the team talk about the things they've put into it, yeah. like they are pumped to share this game with the world. And then like that excitement rubs off. Like, yeah, like I don't give a shit about Weird Al as a theme, but as a game, it looks like it's going to be really fun. Yeah. And they're very excited about the, the innovations they've put into the machine. Um, so that makes me want to play it even more. Um, and the- I did get, so I have been, I've told people publicly and, you know, on the podcast, I ordered a P3. The day this was announced, I think I ended up counting them. I got five messages from players who come to my location asking if I was getting this play field with the with the P3 nice. and when it would be there. So like it had more interest than I expected. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I think with the with the price, the way that games have gone up in price, and like you said, like it's no longer the price tag is not nearly it's no longer a shock. Right. No, it, it used to be the price of two, at least two Stern pros. Yeah. 
like I, I used to look at it as like it was like two stern pros and a and a stars. And I was like, man, it's hard to justify that all at once. Yeah. But now I'm like, eh, it's the price of a premium. And then when the next game comes out, it's ha- not even half as expensive as a stern pro. But that's like if you just bought the Weird Al just the play field, not the LE, and you already had the machine, it's three thousand dollars. Yeah. Which isn't cheap. Like for again, we're buying really expensive toys. Yes. They hold their value, thankfully. For now, at least, it seems. Um, but compared to what other, quote-unquote, expensive toys are going for in this hobby, that is incredibly cheap. Yeah. And then the fact that you can add mini games onto that play field for, like, 100 150 The most expensive one, Sorcerer's Apprentice, is 500 And that's, like, a full other game mm-hmm. that uses an existing play field. Um, all of those are cheaper than accessories that are sold for these other pinball machines. Yeah. So, like it ends up looking like it's a really good deal now. And again, so like I bought months ago, Rampomatic. Have you ever used any of their ramps? Um, no, I don't think, I think I it's have. Jody. Yeah, I know. I know who you're talking about, so, but I don't think I have. He makes reproduction ramps um, for several games. I just got, he just did Baywatch ramps. I bought them. My ramps are okay, but I love Baywatch. I plan to keep it forever. So I got some spare ramps to have, and I like to support people who are making things in the hobby. Right. Um, he sold a couple months ago for like 40 bucks. He posted a box and it was like a pretty big box and it was just like weight. And it was like contains ramps that like, you know, cracked when he was cutting them or they had something slightly wrong. I think it was like, I was buying like 40 pounds of ramps. That was all the details it was. And it was cheap. So I bought it. Cause I was like, screw it, man. Maybe I can mess with these on the P3. So I have like this giant box of just busted ass or, prototyped out ramps from all these different games he's done so far. <laughs> nice. Cause I was like, screw this man. Like I want to play with, I want to, I want to make a game at some point. That's awesome. And man. I don't have that full ability to code. Like that's my biggest deficiency. But with this, there's already like a base code there. So like, I understand how to wire in switches and all that stuff. So anyway, it's going to give me something to mess with. Like I'll, who knows if I'll ever actually do it. I'm not as smart as many of the people out there who are making games right now for this thing. But again, like you said, there's this community that like if I'm willing to put in the time to learn, they're definitely going to be willing to help me uh, along the way. And I think that's, again, maybe I've left, uh, not even fully left, but I've reduced my participation in the Pinside community because I, I didn't like what it became. Yeah. Uh, but I've found some other communities like the P3 or our podcast or my location in which I'm still really happy and still connected with pinball. So that's been enjoyable still. So much positivity. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. The world sucks, so we gotta try to make it good until the comet comes. In which case, I'll oh, be like, shit. "Fuck yeah!" They well, the comet, the comet crashed today, man. It landed today. Did it really? It was not big enough because I'm still talking to you. No, there so. was no. It was a um. Yeah, it was something something crashed in the planet today, and we're oh, still here. So they're bigger. It was it was the size. I think they said it was the size of half a giraffe. <laughs> That's not. What does that mean? Like which half of the? I need like a i i i need like a Texas size meteor. That's what I need. Yeah, we will. No, it's funny. Like I just remembered this (laughs) roughly like two years ago, right before the pandemic really hit. We were doing an episode, and I basically said we needed like a plague to wipe out half the planet, and then COVID hit. Oh, I think like if we get a. Yes. If we get a meteor tomorrow, I'm going to feel really bad. I I, I, I really think somebody bad. reached out like, to me I'm, and was like, what the fuck is wrong with Tommy? And I was like, I, I don't know. You, I, Tommy interacts with the general public a lot more than you uh, guys. Yeah. And he's very <laughs> pro plague slash comet. 
but I'm gonna stay positive while I'm here alone <laughs> at the lake, not around other humans. <laughs> All right, man, I gotta go to bed. Tommy. Hey, Taylor. Man, good talking. Good man. talking to you, man. Um, well, look, uh, maybe uh, we'll, I, I'll, I'm not promising anything, but. No, we do. We we might have turned this into a quarterly podcast. Yeah. It's been, but I definitely January now March. Maybe we'll talk in June. I definitely want to talk after. Um, I want to talk after Texas. So let's yeah, talk. We'll talk after. Let's Texas. talk after Texas Pinball Festival. Nine days away now because it's about to be midnight. Call me. Oh, Our you know what? Call me. Days. Call me when you're on the road. On the road home. Oh yeah, we can do that. Let's. We'll try to do that. All right, Tommy. It was good talking to you. Um, yeah, and uh, take care and get that nursery ready, man. Yeah, we'll do, man. Uh, Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.